Welcome to another episode of The Extraordinary Life. I'm your host, Craig Walker, the pastor of Upward Church, and I'm delighted to have you with us as we explore how to live the epic adventure God has called us to. Whether you're watching on Spotify or you found another way to find us on this podcast, let me encourage you to follow, subscribe, and share this podcast for somebody else to benefit from it. Every episode, we're here to provoke thought and to challenge and inspire each of us to reach higher for that thing that God has placed us on earth to do. We all have a pre-planned itinerary that God has pre-wired us for, and we want to reach everything that God has for us to do. I'm so privileged to have on the broadcast today my friend Cleve. Cleve was a reporter in the Norfolk area, attended the Norfolk campus with his wife, Nicole, Mm -hmm. and then the Philadelphians grabbed him (laughs) and took him away. And he's very knowledgeable in TV and podcasts and all these things. And I'm delighted that he is here with us today. He's been instrumental in this podcast becoming a reality. Cleve, welcome to the extraordinary life. Thanks. It's fun being on this side of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> I want to and talk to you, I want to talk to you today about um, this whole thing of testimony and story. Right. Um, because we know the power of story, we know the power of a testimony. And as a news reporter, I know your job was to go out there and get the story. Right. And I want to start by asking this question. What is it about us that when it comes to a story and an experience, we would much rather hear straight from the horse's mouth than from a news reporter or some talking head on the show? Why is that? Yeah, I think it's just because of that realness. You know, like we all want something authentic. Um, I think we appreciate the professionalism of people that were in my field, the, the reporters, the anchors. Um, their ability to be concise, um, to, to flow from one idea to another. Um, but when it comes down to it, I mean, we want something real. And I think that when you actually hear from the people that are involved, whether it's a tragedy and they're describing the fire you know, that they witnessed, um, or even if they're testifying to something good, you know, uh, was over a, a medical condition that they overcame. It's it's so important to hear those emotions, right? Because we're emotional people, and you want to hear the actual emotions. Like, that's going to tell me whether or not this is real. If the people's emotions match what right. they're talking about, um, I think it's their also their ability um, to give those vivid details that only the person that was there that experienced that situation that can really give you know when you're talking about the fire it was how big was the fire was a question i always asked and um because a lot of times the camera wasn't there right so you need that that testimony was it you know just a window or was it the whole thing was in flames because we missed it right um so the camera you know provides the testimony when it's there but when it's not we're looking for that word of mouth testimony so we we want those details right to again the emotions, the details, it talks to credibility. And I think that that's really what a testimony is, right? It's the credible story. And when we see the emotions match, the details are more than you could probably make up. Then you, you start to get a real picture of, of what happened. That's what I love about the Bible. The Bible is a storybook. It's a book of stories. It's not sanitized. It's not cleaned up. It gives us the details. Sometimes they're <laughs> ugly. Yeah. And... 
we see the emotions of people within those stories and they speak to us. And I know for me, there are different stories in the Bible that really help me understand the journey of following Jesus and what it means to be a Christian. For me, Joseph was one of those stories to see a young man have a dream and so much potential and hey, let's get this done. I'm gonna be at the top. But then the journey of being sold into slavery and in prison and God forming the man and, and coming to the realization that God has an epic adventure for all of us, but he's got to build the man or the woman first. Right. And that's, it's that Joseph story that helped me comprehend and understand and take comfort when I was in my valley times or shelf times when yeah. you're on the shelf. Are there some particular Bible stories that helped you to understand God? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the ones that touched me as a child and, and that my kids love um, is, is David and Goliath, right? It's, it, I think I heard somebody say in, in movies, there's only like really three plots and one of them is really the David versus Goliath sort of thing because it's, that, it's the power of that story, the overcoming. And I think um, what it taught me about God was just that when you trust in him and you step out for him, like he will deliver. Maybe it doesn't look like you know you're looking for, but in the best case, in the David's case, I mean, you could slay giants. Um, and then to to your point about you know getting through stuff and, and where God fits in those hard times, it was Job. You know, I think hearing that like God's allowing this in your life, um, He can remove it when He's ready, but it's 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 to bring something out of you, even though it's really hard. Um, and in the end, it's going to draw you closer. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to let you know him better. It, it helps me get perspective of like, all right, I have no idea why this is happening, um, but I'm going to trust God. Even unto death, as, as Job said, and when you can get to that point, I mean, I'm not there yet, maybe. Job was pretty good. Um, it gives you something to aspire to. And you know, the story doesn't end, does it? It doesn't end with the characters in the Bible. The story extends to each of us right? because we each have our story of how God is taking us on this journey of faith. And talk to me about the power of your own story, your own personal testimony. Where is the power in that? Yeah, I think when we talk about our testimony, right, I think most of us want to talk about, like, what's your salvation story? Um, cause maybe you had some wild story. I had a friend that, um, got saved on Bourbon street in Mardi Gras by a guy who was walking down the street, um, carrying a giant cross. Now that's a cool salvation story, right? Right. Mine was, I went to camp and, <laughs> you know, and I heard the gospel preached clearly and I responded, uh, which is great, you know, but it's not, it doesn't have that wild, um, factor, that wow factor, I guess. Uh, I think it's those those stories in my testimony that I share with people where um, where God showed up when when I couldn't do anything else, right? Um, we're here in Pensacola at the Upward Church campus here in Pensacola, and um, one of the formative things that happened to me, and I've communicated this to people many times in my life, um, is when I got fired from a job, and it happened because of something that happened here in Pensacola. Um, you think about like that's not really the story you like to start with. But it's the story that impacts. And I got fired from a, from a job or I'm forced to resign. I guess I can say it freely now because it was some time ago. <laughs> Shouldn't impact my career, I hope not. Um, but, you know, I was a little bit reckless with the things that, that God had put in my life. I didn't necessarily 
do it wrong. I think maybe I still was. I think I was wronged a little bit in the situation. But I was reckless to put myself in the situation. Um, and my reputation took a knock. And my my employer um, wasn't comfortable with that. And so I moved on. And, and unfortunately, I had to kind of leave with my tail between my legs, right? Um, but I'm so grateful that that happened in my life because it happened early on in my career. It happened before I um, had a wife and kid, um, kids. I've got four of them now. Um, that I have to pastor and be over and that I'm responsible for. So I could take that knock and learn from it and grow. Um, and God allowed that to happen in my life, right? So I share that with people at times and they're like, wow, you know, like you got fired. That was really pivotal in your life. And it's like, yeah, like God uses the knockdown moments and how he brings you back up right. to speak into other people's lives. Because really, I mean, people need to hear that when they're down more than they need to hear it when they're up. Right. Well, you know, I, I've broken down testimony, the word testimony, many times to three words. Test, I, moaning. And it's a moaning. I, yeah, yeah. And it happens to you. So it's the I, a test, I, moaning. And I say to people, you can't have a testimony until you have some of the moaning first. Some of the greatest testimonies are from a test you went through that caused you great hardship, but it's always good when you come through it and you can look back and learn from what you've gone through. Yeah. And the scripture says that God comforts others with the same comfort that we've received. And that's when I found that my testimony really helps somebody else when they're going through something similar that I've already gone through. And I can say, listen, I, I know what you're going through. I've done it, been there myself, but God is faithful. Have you ever had an occasion where you found yourself giving comfort to others from something you had in your own past? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we talk about like, you know, what do people in, in their like 20s and 30s struggle with? And it's sort of like, um, will I be successful, right? What, what, what can I do? And, and they get frustrated you know, especially early on in their careers when they, when something seemed promising and then it hits a dead end, whether it was getting fired like I did um, or uh, just, just not advancing the way that you thought you would. And so you start to question, you know, is this what I'm supposed to do? And um, a lot of people struggle with that. And I struggled with that. You know, I had a situation, I've had multiple situations during my news career where um, I would work on contracts for, for two years and then it would be time to reevaluate. Do I want to stay here and move on? And I always wanted to move on because, you know, bigger and better things um, and, to, you know, make more money and all that, that stuff. And there, there was a lot of struggles with that during those periods of times where it was what would come next. And, um, and I've shared this with you and I'll share it here that there was a time where I had one job offer and I didn't like it very much at all. And um, I just stopped applying the jobs and I said, I'm going to focus on what I'm, what I'm doing and, um, it didn't feel good. I wanted to just apply places and apply places. And, and I wanted to be in control of that situation. I wanted to show off what I could do and have somebody want me. And nobody did. And I'm like, nobody wants me. <laughs> um, but then I, I just, I stopped and, and I didn't apply places. And I just, I focused on what was in front of me and then God provided. And I like sharing that with people because like so many times we get wrapped up in what's next and, and we lose sight of what's in front of us. Um, and I felt rejected at that time. I can remember my wife and I 
like sitting on her bed and being, we had this, I had this one job offer and I didn't want it, but I was almost ready to take it just because I was so desperate for something and just feeling like, God, like, is this the best I am this? Mm. And, um, you know, like for me, like one of my great fears in life is, is to not be successful in what I do. Um, and, and that was hard. Um, but then when I trusted on the Lord, he delivered. And so I'm happy to share that with people. You know, and that's that how, up. and that's how your faith really grows. I mean, it doesn't grow in the rose garden. Right. It grows when you don't know where the job's coming from. And, you know, we see it in the stories in the Bible. And that's why I say the story hasn't ended with the Bible. It's, it's living on in every believer. God has a story that he's working in them. And that story is not only to develop us, but you're going to find other people are encouraged and comforted by the story that you have lived through. Yeah. And stories stick in our mind. That's that's the way our minds were made. It's somebody said that story is the velcro of the mind. Yeah. And it's really true. People remember the story that you tell. Yeah. Is there there is a story in your testimony that people really uh, resonate with that when you tell that? I know for me, I when I tell the story of how I was taken to jail in China, mm. and the Lord delivered me supernaturally, really, from that Chinese jail, uh, it really resonates with people. Maybe it's because of the uniqueness of, you know, being in China and arrested. But is there a story in your life that people really resonate with? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, that one about getting fired, I think there's always a little bit of shock value because few people are willing to admit that they ever got fired. Or <laughs> I, I mean, technically I was forced to resign, but we know <laughs> right. it's up. Yeah. Uh, I can own it now. Right. Um, that That's one. And, and I think also, you know, there was a miraculous provision that happened in my life that like, when God does something miraculous, right, we talk about like the reason why you testify because you can't explain it away. Right. Right. God deserves the glory. And um, again, it was a career type of thing where um, I was, again, you know, in one of those situations where I was getting ready to move to the next step, didn't know where I would be moving in the country. My wife was pregnant. We were about to have our first child. She desperately wanted to move back to the Philadelphia region where we're from. And, um, I didn't know how to make that happen. I couldn't make that happen on my own. In fact, I, I didn't even try to make it happen on my own. <laughs> and, and then God showed up miraculously. My wife was in labor with our child. She was 18 hours into labor. She finally gave up on the natural and decided to get the epidural and was taking a nap. And I was going to get a, a sandwich <laughs> at the, uh, at the um, cafeteria at the hospital. And the phone, I, I had a buzz that I had a missed phone call and I listened to the voicemail and it was um, the head of a TV station in Philadelphia, exactly where he wanted to be um, and was interested in me for a job that I didn't even apply to. And I mean, you talk about God providing, like he did, I didn't apply. That doesn't happen. Right. You know, they found out about me through a, a, a third party talent type of thing. So it was, it was God. I mean, obviously God wanted us to go there. He heard my wife's cries and he delivered. Um, I love sharing that testimony, yeah. though, because it says, it, it, you know, it, it resonates with people that, like, God will show up. Like, the battle is the Lord's, you know. We're, we're here to be faithful and, and to anticipate. Um, I love sharing how he provides. You know, it's said that an experience beats an argument anytime. Mm. 
So if somebody says you can't jump off a 10-story building and live, that's a pretty good argument. <laughs> but if you happen to be the poor soul that right. fell off a 10-story building and you live to tell about it, your experience is going to trump their argument. Always. And that's the power of our testimony. You can say it can happen, you'll never get that job in Philly, it's not going to happen for you, you're not busy applying, but you have an experience where God answered your prayer. It, it reminds me of what took me to Norfolk is I was uh, in my car, truck, and I was just crying out to the Lord saying, Lord, I know you have more for me than what I'm doing. I had one tear running down my cheek back in the day of flip phones. And I, and I just prayed this prayer, Lord, I know you have more for me than what I'm doing now. Please show me what it is. And, the, and my phone went off in that moment with an invitation to come and check out the possibility of planting Upward Church in Norfolk, Virginia. And, you know, uh, you know, how do you call that coincidence? You right. know what I mean? And that's, that is the power of story. Yeah. What would you say to people that say, well, I can't share my testimony, I can't share my faith because I'm not a public speaker, I'm right. not a news reporter, I haven't been trained. What would you say to them? I think that it's, it goes back to that realness. I mean, people want to hear what's real. You know, people want to hear your, your testimony as long as you don't, you know, like take forever to get it out. <laughs> but people, it, it's so powerful when you're talking to, to a coworker, when you're talking to a relative and you just, you just tell them what happened. You know, you don't have to be, you don't have to know exactly why God did it, where it matches up. Is there a parallel scripture to back that up? I don't know, but this is what happened. And because it, it, it tells you that like God's real now, you know, if, if God was, was real in the Bible, he's real now. And he's interjecting in our lives the same as he injected, interjected in the lives of the people in the Bible. And I would say to people, you know, just, just, just be plain, just be simple in your words. There's power in your testimony. God ordained the power of our testimony, right? And, and some of the most powerful testimonies that you'll ever hear, you know, come from pretty extraordinary People. I mean, even in the news, you think of high-profile things. I don't know if some people have watched the whole, um, they relived the, the Bill Clinton uh, saga uh, uh, of his impeachment and stuff like that. And, you know, it was, it was all kinds of people that were just sort of not considered nobodies that played really important roles in, in what happened at that time. I'm trying to get into a political thing, but you just, I mean, just being a little old you... Who, who knows something true, you can't fight it, you can't beat it. You know? I think that what really speaks to a lot of people is when ordinary people uh, have an extraordinary story to tell. And I like to say you cannot spell the word extraordinary without the word ordinary in it. Yeah. So when we talk on this podcast about living an extraordinary life, I think our minds want to go to, well, I'm going to have to need to be extraordinary to live an extraordinary life, and I'm pretty ordinary. But the reality is, it's ordinary lives that an extraordinary God touches and directs, and that's where the extraordinary happens. Yeah. And I think about the woman at the well that had an encounter with Jesus, went to that well in the middle of the day to avoid the gossip and the shameful looks. Um, 
and there was a stranger. She must have hated to see <laughs> Jesus there, right? Because she's trying to go when no one's there. She's got a history. She has a past, a lot of shame. And Jesus has an encounter with her, and her life is changed. And she's the one that goes back into that village. And the Bible says the whole village came out. Now, she wouldn't have been a credible witness in the court of law. She wouldn't have been who we would have looked to first. But the fact that this very ordinary woman had an extraordinary encounter with Jesus made her life so extraordinary it found its way into the Word of God, and you and I are talking about it today. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, a disgraced woman. A disgraced really. woman, an ordinary woman who went back with real emotion, no, no, no theology, no degree in Greek and Hebrew. And I think a lot of people get caught up on this, Cleve. They go, I, I can't really share my faith. I hear this all the time. I don't know the Bible that well. What would yeah. you say to them? I, it, share what you do know, you know, which is, which is your life you know, your, your story and, and the things that you do. Sometimes it's, it's the simple things that you do that speak volumes to people. I think about like if there was a, a person that ran into my life, you know, that was sort of like the woman in the well, there, there was um, a friend of mine from high school, my, my best friend Matt from high school, he had an old, older brother, Jim, who was a senior when we were freshmen. And I was like your typical, this is before I was saved. I was your, your, your typical just, I mean, are kids listening? The horny 14-year-old, right? I thought that the world revolved around, like, you know, machismo and, and sexuality. And I, I really, I truly thought the point of life was, was to have as much sex with as hot a woman as possible, with as many hot women as possible. Mm -hmm. At 14 years old, freshman in high school. And um, Jim, my, my friend's older brother, he was like a really popular kid in the school. He had a, a beautiful girlfriend. And um, I found out that he was like uh, abstinent, you know, abstinence, uh, not having sex with his girlfriend. I'm like, what are you crazy, dude? <laughs> like, this girl's, she's smoking. Like, you're missing the whole point of life here, man. You're missing out. And he wasn't, he didn't think he was missing out at all. Like, he was, he was the first believer I had ever seen. Mm. And so his, his stance on this topic of just, not being carnal with his with his girlfriend spoke volumes to me as a 14-year-old boy like because if I was in his shoes I would have been totally different that was what I would have been all about and so fast forward months later when I heard the gospel the summer between uh, my freshman and sophomore year and they talked about being a new creation in Christ I knew what a new creation in Christ looked like I knew it looked like something like Jim I didn't know all the details right. Jim didn't get into the theology of why he did what he did and believed what he believed, but I knew it was different. And it was, it was instrumental in me understanding what it meant to have a different life in Christ. You know, the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, but with gentleness and respect. And... And that's what your friend did. I mean, he just took his stand with gentleness and respect and said, no, this is, this is how I live. I live differently. And it wasn't a verse. It wasn't a chapter in the Bible. But it was his genuine story 
And that's what is our most powerful evangelistic tool that everybody has. It's your story that makes the most difference in other people's lives. And some sow, some water, and you know, he put a seed inside of you, saw something different. And then when it was time for that to come out of the ground, that seed flourished and it grew. Yeah, you know, one of the things that from a real practical standpoint, maybe if we're trying to, you know, take take away people listening to this podcast is I always find that um, one way that's really simple to witness to people and to start building their seeds is just to mention the fact I go to church. You know, like, oh, yeah, my, my family and I, we were at church and, and this happened or some friends of ours from church or I right. won't be able to make it because I'm going to this thing at church. And it's so counterculture now. I mean, maybe depending on where you live in the country, sometimes it's more than others, but um, it's counterculture to go to church. And you stand out when you just say, I go to church, and it starts to build that seed. And then all of a sudden you get people asking you questions like a little bit deeper than the than the other conversations because they, they think like maybe you're into these deeper things. Yeah. And they start to become more willing to talk about what's going on in their life. And all of a sudden you just got past that, that first service level simply by just casually mentioning in the normal routine of my life, church is a part of it. I just saw a, a survey that said that two out of three Americans do not go to church. We are one at of all. The, at all. Yeah. We are one of the greatest, least evangelized missions fields in the world. Hard to believe. But this is the America that we live in. And part of the solution to turn that around is in Romans 1.16, Paul said, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation to whoever believes. And that's what we've got to start doing as believers. We have got to start confidently sharing our story. And everybody can do that. It's your story, for goodness sake. <laughs> you know all the details. You don't need Greek. You don't need Hebrew. But has God done something in your life? And if he has, share what God has done in your life and watch how God will use that testimony in the lives of other people. Have you seen your personal testimony touch people in a calamity, in an hour of need? Have you seen them respond to what you're, the light of God that's in you? Um, actually, it was ver something very recent, and I, I think I've shared this with you, that um, I was at a pool party this past summer, and um, unfortunately, a, a little toddler girl just about drowned. Um, she kind of, with all the adults there, nobody was watching her, right? There, Everybody's watching their own kids and her, uh, parents had multiple kids and this kid just somehow slipped through and, and was, um, was down for the count. I mean, it was, it was not going to definitely be, be a recovery. Um, and so while a person at the party was a, a nurse was, was performing CPR and I was actually assisting with that. The father was was lost. Mm. I mean, he was in his hour of need. So much so, he was literally being held up by a friend because he was he was on the verge of passing out, wondering whether or not his his daughter was going to live. Mm. And, and every parent's nightmare. Yeah, praise God that CPR worked in the hand of God, delivered in that situation, and the child was brought back to full health. And while an ambulance arrived and the parents were out front, and I just felt that that urge from God to to just just go pray with them, just like, hey, can I pray for you? And so I grabbed my wife and, and we went out and we we prayed with the dad, 
And um, now is he a Christian believer? Not a, not a believer. Nope. Um, Catholic by heritage, but not necessarily a believer. And um, just just prayed for comfort for him, strength for him. So when for you asked, "Can I pray for you?" What was his response? Uh, he said, "Yeah." I mean, it was really just that. Yeah, like I mean, anything at that moment, he was he was open to anything. And I want to point that out because I think a lot of people think the devil tells them there's going to be this big resistance, and almost everybody I've ever asked, "Can I pray for you?" has given me a positive response. But I think the devil tries to shut us up and and hold us in fear that no, they don't want prayer. They don't even want you to ask them. But this father said, "Yes, I'm desperate. Help me." Yeah, and and then the father. So again, I don't remember exactly what I prayed. It was just something for you know comfort and, and for the child's health. Um, and then that was it, right? I didn't think anything more of it. I, I felt ha- uh, happy that I had uh, been you know um, obedient to God and, and followed His prompt to pray for the father. I had no expectation beyond that. And then um, two days later, I got a text message from him. He got my number from from a. A mutual friend and thanked me and um, and wanted to know more about my faith and wanted to learn about how to how to have that faith and um, I guess it was just that testimony of, of me just being a person that was willing to pray that they hadn't seen that and so it was real for, for him and he wanted to know more and that's it I mean it's just it's just being open about living your faith and, and people want that you know yeah. whether they know they want it or not and that simple act of kindness really of doing what the Lord whispered in your ear made a difference in that man's life, correct? Yeah, we, we actually, um, in the following week, prayed for him and his wife to receive Christ. Yeah, praise God. And that's the testimony that we want to say to our listeners today. This is an ordinary guy. <laughs> in ordinary an, situation. In a, yeah. Well, with not an ordinary situation. Extraordinary but... outcome. Yeah because you did something called prayer and opened a door for God to intersect in the lives of normal people. And that's really where our testimony, our story becomes so powerful. You know, when we hear about someone that's got their whole life together and nothing's ever wrong, I mean, who can relate to that person? It's boring. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, well, it's not my life. You're in a different class than me. Right. But it's when common people talk about how Jesus has invaded their life and changed their life that that people are ready to listen. And um, in God's timing, they will come back to you and say, tell me about the God you serve. Amen. Amen. If we don't have to do much, just just say what's happening. Be, be honest with people and open. So listener, what if we every day got up and one of our prayers were, God, give me a divine appointment today. Give me somebody that my light, my life can intersect with and I can leave some kind of deposit of Jesus in them. I have found that God always answers that prayer. When I pray for divine appointments, God always answers that. And I want to encourage you as you live the extraordinary life, ordinary you, ordinary me, ordinary Cleve, watch what God will do when we invite the Almighty God into our life and we can live that grand, extraordinary adventure that God has called us to. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, would you share it? Would you write a review? Would you tell a friend? And next week, we'll talk more about living the extraordinary life that God has planned for you. I'm Craig Walker. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time.